On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Friday, December 17th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Friday uh, NHL card. Uh, of course, we've got tons of stuff going on in the NHL world right now. Postponements, more COVID-19 uh, players added to the protocol list today from across the league with many teams. Uh, we have a coaching resignation in Winnipeg that we'll talk about. Uh, just an insane day of news surrounding the NHL. So, you know, normally we look back on the Thursday card. We're going to shelve that for today because we're going to get right into the news uh, of the day. And there's certainly a bunch. Uh, let's start with the up-to-date COVID-19 situation with the NHL. We've got a bunch of postponements that have just been announced for Saturday. Of course, Columbus and Calgary had already been postponed for the Saturday card. You can add Boston and Montreal to the list. That game has been postponed as well with the Bruins going through a COVID-19 outbreak. And Jimmy said it yesterday on the show with us, Alex. I don't think the Bruins are uh, all that excited and keen to fly to Canada to play these two games here against Montreal and Ottawa. Right. Uh, and sure yep. enough, yeah, definitely yeah, there was the right call uh, by the NHL to say, you know what, postpone that game. Certainly Florida, Minnesota, another of the games on Saturday has been postponed and another good decision by the NHL. Hell, if I'm the Panthers and I'm the management team or I'm Andrew Burnett or I'm one of the players, I'm boycotting. I'm not making the trip to Minnesota. Do you see our roster last night? We can barely put half our team on the ice right now with the protocol issues we're dealing with and of course we got ambushed by the la kings and right. good, good the good news is we were all able to capitalize on that pretty much all like the kings in that game last night but clearly their ability to compete is compromised right now uh, yeah. with just so many key players out from this covid19 uh, outbreak that they're going through so even if that game hadn't been postponed in minnesota tomorrow i would have said screw it you know fuck that and why, why should we go there to minnesota competitive integrity is compromised because we, we were missing half our team so it was a good decision there by the league to postpone that game and they also made that decision with tampa bay and colorado on saturday night as well that game's been postponed so as of right now and i say Keyword right keywords right now because things could change. Hell, we might see more games postponed tomorrow. But as of right now, Boston, Montreal, Columbus, Calgary, Tampa Bay, Colorado, and Florida, Minnesota are all postponed uh, because of these uh, COVID nineteen outbreak uh, situations that have uh, gotten worse. To be honest with you, uh, with a lot of these teams, so uh, concerning to say the least. Um, Alex, I know. From a selfish point of view, I mean, we, from a betting standpoint, we cashed in on the misfortune of the Florida Panthers last yeah. night, uh, among other teams. But clearly, the decisions to postpone these games, like Colorado's number of players impacted by COVID-19 and in protocol, they're going up. Florida, it's going up. Boston, it's gone up the last couple of days. Plus, Boston's got a 
fly across the border to play yeah. these next two games. I'm sure the Boston Ottawa game is going to get postponed. I think right. it's a question yeah. of when, not if, with that. And yeah. also, Elliot Friedman has just sent out a tweet mentioning that the Calgary Flames, Colorado Avalanche, and the Florida Panthers, those three teams specifically, have had all their games postponed through to Christmas. So they will be uh, not playing uh, at another game before the Christmas holiday break. So serious, uh, obviously. The situation's getting serious and yeah. took a while, but the NHL is finally uh, acting on it. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, we might see more teams hit that break, and that's why we could possibly see a league-wide pause uh, within that week. And, and it's, that, if there's any time to do something so drastic, it's it's right now because there's already three days built in. This is the the only Friday and Saturday off it, you know these teams have consecutively all season long. So to add a few more days to that, let the guys be with their families. You know, I let the league set up the mandates and protocols and teams need to get booster shots, have all that taken care of and out of the way so that when we do get back to hockey, hopefully we can have it with as few uh, interruptions as possible. All of a sudden, our monster, usually mega show on Saturdays for the Ice Guys is down to six games uh, on the uh, schedule. <laughs> That's as of right yes. now. Yeah. Will we still have six games by the time we do the show tomorrow at, at noon Eastern time? Oh, so yeah. stay tuned for that. So it's going to be a lighter Saturday card, unfortunately, due to reasons none of us like to see. Um, but we will have a shorter Saturday card, uh, obviously, tomorrow to break down on the show. All right. So that's the COVID-19 stuff up to date. Uh, obviously, a stunning uh, development with the Winnipeg Jets this morning. Uh, the resignation of Paul Maurice, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, stepping down effective immediately. Uh, we heard it this morning, uh, breaking news. I've seen the uh, press conferences with Paul Maurice as well. Uh, what he said to the uh, media in light of him resigning as head coach. And, you know, we were talking just before the show started here, Alex and I. Is there something more to this? Are we missing something here? Is this a family Is there an emergency with Paul Maurice's immediate family that's causing him to step away from coaching right now? And apparently from everything we've heard and read, that's not the case. That's not a family situation. Is it maybe Kevin Shevel Dayoff saying, you know what, things are starting to go in kind of the direction we don't like. We'll give you the option to resign or I'm going to have to let you go. Was that a discussion that was had between the GM and the head coach? And because Paul Maurice was such a likable player with the organization, with the players, uh, maybe they wanted to give him the option to step down instead of them framing it as a firing. Who knows if that was the case? Or was it, as Paul Maurice stated during that press conference, that, look, the team has kind of underperformed this year. I'm not convinced the players were hearing the message anymore from me on a daily basis in the dressing room. And maybe this team just needs it. That's that's how he framed it, Paul Maurice, that we just need a new voice. This team just needs a new head coach and a new voice at this point in time to take them where they need to go. And of course, Paul Maurice is one of the best eloquent, intelligent speakers you'll ever hear in an NHL press conference. We just said it so well. He's like, you know, you can only push the boulder or the rock up the mountain so far is what he said. And then you can only push it and you just can't get it any farther or any higher up the mountain. And that's basically kind of what he felt like with the Winnipeg Jets right now, that, hey, we've had a good run. We've been playoff team multiple years. We got to the Western Conference final, of course, one year when we lost to Vegas, the year the Golden Knights beat them in the Western Conference final. There's been a lot of good things that have happened with the Winnipeg Jets under Paul Maurice, but he felt they could he could only get them to a certain level. And for a Jets team that's been thinking not only make the playoffs the last few years, but win playoff series, get to a Stanley Cup final, 
that's the next level Winnipeg's trying to get to. Yeah. Well, Maurice made it sound like Alex in his press conference that he was just not in his eye, in his opinion, he felt he could not get that Winnipeg Jets team to that next level, to that final rung on the ladder, if you will. And that's Stanley Cup contender status and winning the ultimate prize. So uh, you got to give him credit, though. I'll say this uh, and then I'll let you, uh, Alex, get in on this. But I have the utmost respect and I always have for Paul Maurice as a human being, as a coach and as a person. And for him to say, you know what, it's just they need a new voice. Things aren't going well. And look, they've had some clunkers. The Buffalo loss was ugly. There was no yep. spark. That was a lifeless performance a little bit against the Jets. Now, it's not just one game against Buffalo that's led to this decision, clearly. And he said that. But there's been moments where Winnipeg's had these really bad games, blowing a lead to San Jose early in the season. I still remember that one. A brutal game in Minnesota right around the Thanksgiving holiday yep. where they just got completely crushed in that game. And there's been these little pieces of evidence here and there that, hey, something's not right with the Winnipeg Jets. They're not playing up to the level we thought. Blake Wheeler's offense has disappeared, and maybe the captain's kind of tuned out the coach. And if that's the case, because, look, Blake Wheeler's just been non-existent for the last, you know, uh, this year and second half of last year, then maybe they felt, look, if the captain's tuning out the coach and not listening anymore and the the message isn't being uh, heard, then how could the rest of the players be hearing that message as well? So uh, I respect him for making the move. If it is indeed, he just feels like, look, this is now the time for the players to get a new coach and hear a new voice. If that's indeed what it was, and I have no reason to doubt Paul Maurice here until something comes to light, utmost respect and admiration for him doing that. It takes guts to admit it, to say, hey, I'm not the right man for the job right now. They need a new voice. And for Paul Maurice, I wish him well. He is a class act. He always has been. And, and I'm going to miss his press conferences. Like I said on Twitter, some of the best press conferences. You know, I cringe when I think of Bill Belichick fucking press conferences compared to Paul Maurice. Gives you absolutely nothing. Yep. On to Sunday. Well, just got to get ready for the next game. And, and then you get Paul Maurice basically bearing his heart and soul <laughs> out there in every press yeah. conference, giving you every sort of detail and such great information about what he's thinking, what the players are thinking, adjustments he's looking to make. And I'm going to miss because uh, Paul Maurice press conferences, at least until he gets his next job, Alex, because there's not many coaches that are as forthcoming to the media as he's been uh, all these years. So Paul Maurice, good luck to him uh, in the future. Alex, uh, your thoughts on a stunning uh, resignation of Paul Maurice this morning. Yeah, it was just really shocking to read this morning. Like I said, you know, hats off to him and and hope that all is well. And this was just truly, you know, a decision he made on his own and and felt like it was just the right time to, to step away from the team. Now, the interesting thing of that is that if you listen to the press conference with the players that happened afterward, we were both talking about this off air. The players, you know, this for the, most of those young that young core of this Winnipeg Jets uh, team, it's the only coach they've known in that organization. So it's just really strange to the point where, you know, the guys are kind of saying like, Hey, like, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we're not tired of his voice. You know, he's a guy that we really respected and, and admired. And, you know, they, they were kind of just more disappointed to see him go. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be the kind of firing where, you know, Oh, you know, they need to kick, get this guy out. And all of a sudden things turn around, like we're, what we're seeing in Vancouver. This seems like it might be more of a somber kind of feel for that locker room moving forward. And they've got to play a game in just about six hours. Oh, absolutely right. I mean, if you watch these player press conferences after Maurice said his goodbyes, um, you would have thought they had no idea this was coming. No idea whatsoever that this was going to happen. I think it was a surprise to them. Uh, 
And because uh, you see Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp and Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey were the guys that spoke to the media this morning after Paul did addressing his resignation. And they looked surprised by it. They looked like this was not something they expected to be dealing with here on a Friday morning, December the 17th. Um, so this is not that automatic knee jerk. OK, bet on the team after a coaching change necessarily. This team looks a little, you know, just deer in the headlights thousand mile stare uh just you know just in a little bit of shock actually uh about what's happened i mean the quote from andrew Kopp during this press conference was i'm still trying to collect my bearings over this news does that sound like someone that knew this was going to happen uh, <laughs> it sure doesn't sound that way to me so it's going to be very very interesting to see what we get out of the winnipeg jets tonight and it's uh, very intriguing timing because look, it's not like they have a day off. You know, they got to get ready to prepare for a hockey game tonight uh, against the Washington Capitals, a game that uh, we'll be breaking down. Uh, by the way, Dave Lowry uh, is going to be the uh, interim head coach for the Winnipeg Jets. He was obviously on that uh, the, that uh, coaching staff, and they've already decided. Kevin Chevel Day off the GM has already stated that um, Dave Lowry will be the interim head coach for the rest of the season. This is not going to be an in-season coaching search. For the Winnipeg Jets, they are going to let Dave Lowry coach the team the rest of the season, and then they'll decide, obviously, based on merit, probably, and how the team performs, whether Lowry becomes the permanent head coach after this season or whether they go in another direction uh, and look for another head coach. But uh, you know, I saw I saw in the when I was uh, watching these press conferences, Alex and Winnipeg Jets fans were obviously stunned, and a lot of them were very appreciative of Paul Maurice, as they should be. You should not be. This is one human being and gentleman. And I mean that in every sense of the word gentleman. That's what Paul Maurice is. This is not one guy you should be slagging and throwing stones at going out the door. Not in the least. You've had a great run with him. And a lot of it was complimentary class act. I was happy to see the Jets fans react that way. That's the way they should react because he did a lot for this team. But a lot of people were already jumping to, you know, coaching suggestions. If Dave Lowry isn't the guy after this season, and I'm seeing the same old recycled people, Mike Babcock, Claude Julian. I mean, no disrespect to those guys, but I'd like to see a fresh young voice given that opportunity now uh, at this point in time. Not that Julian's not capable. He's had success in the past. Not that Babcock hasn't had success in the past, but obviously we know some bad stories came out about him with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Red Wings for that matter, going back in time with Marie, uh, with uh, Babcock. Uh, it's just at some point, you know, I'd like to see a fresh idea, you know, maybe a yeah. fresh face given that first suggestion to be the new head coach, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And even, I mean, when you look back into, you know, the the history of that or, of franchise, obviously, of course, his name were Atlanta, it makes me think about John Anderson, a guy who had coached with the Chicago Wolves for years. One, he's won at every level pretty much in the minor league hockey and then finally got to with the Atlanta Thrashers. Things looked bad and he pretty much after two years, never got a fair shake. He was an assistant for a while, but like, you know, I, that's a big thing with these coaches. Like I said, there's some older faces that I like to see get, uh, you know, some, some shots as well. Not just the, these are the, the same old recycled NHL guys, but, but some of those guys, you know, we see you know, they're naming names of people for the Hawks. Uh, there was a lot of couple of guys out of Europe that, you know, might be getting some chances too. And that's something we don't see. We don't see a lot of European coaches getting brought over, uh, into the league like we did somewhat in the 90s. So 
there's a lot to that we can you know expect to see in the offseason with Winnipeg. And I think Maurice probably would have gotten fired this year anyway because it felt like they were going to have the same old you know may, they get into the playoffs but then have a disappointing exit. And like I said, he's taken that team as far as he can. So it made the the re- resignation of him at some point this season made sense, but the timing of it right now just seemed really odd. But still, like you said, he's done a lot for that franchise, that organization, and and and, and meant a lot to that city too. I know they do a lot of uh, of uh, charitable things there in Winnipeg. So like you said, it was it was nice to see the fans give them the proper send off and it's probably for the best now because they wouldn't have been as so friendly if they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs this year. Yeah, when you start to look at Winnipeg since like mid November, Alex, prior to Paul Marie stepping down today, they were four and nine in their last thirteen games. So that, you know, Paul Maurice wasn't lying when he said, hey, things aren't, you know, we've, we've underperformed. We haven't played up to our standard. You, Especially you look at recently, they had this brutal losing streak five in a row in November, and it culminated in that seven to one debacle. I still remember that against Minnesota. That was yeah. one of the worst games the Jets have played under Paul Maurice that yeah, day. Definitely. It was a Black Friday game uh, right after Thanksgiving. And even after that, they beat Calgary, but they got shut out by Arizona, which is a bad loss, although Bamelka kind of stole it uh, from them in that game. They won the next two against the Leafs and the Devils. The Devils were struggling. The Leafs were in a tr- tough scheduling spot. They played Minnesota the night before. Uh, and then after that, they lose to Carolina. They beat Seattle, which is insane a lot. And then the loss to Vancouver, where they blew, blow a lead. And then, of course, the Buffalo loss, which was, again, a listless affair. And I think you were starting to see the pieces and the uh, Paul Maurice in, in this puzzle, see, and the pieces aren't fitting right now. Yeah. And, and again, with the captain of the team, Blake Wheeler, that has been so disconnected offensively, I don't. It's hard to believe. Can a guy's skills and ability and talent and skill just evaporate that quickly? But he has not been right for a while. And you wonder again, coach can't get through to the captain. How's he going to get through to the rest of the team? And uh, I think that probably all factored in to the decision as well. But uh, fascinating. Uh, development here, very surprising. Uh, we just didn't know if this was going to be the time Paul Maurice would be stepping down or if he'd be fired. But the fact that he resigned, he did it of his own volition, I think yeah. was even more surprising. But uh, we will see how Winnipeg goes from here, uh, how it goes for Winnipeg from here. And certainly we wish Paul Maurice all the best uh, moving forward. Yeah. All right, let's get into the Friday card. We've got six games. We'll start with the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers. Vegas minus 135. Uh, road favorites here, six the total, uh, shaded to the under in this one. Should be a good matchup, arguably the best game tonight uh, on this uh, card. Vegas continues to just roll along. 5-3 win uh, against New Jersey uh, last night. Got a little heated at the end of that game. My goodness, big scrum toward the end of the game. Robin Leonard getting into it with some of the Devils players. Um, I, I think Vegas was, and Leonard specifically, was miffed that a "Quote unquote," not not a goon, but a guy that's up there, out there, maybe to cause some trouble. Mason yeah. Gertson uh, was out on the ice there at, late in that game. I don't think that, and he kind of went after some of the Vegas players that had no intention of dropping their gloves or fighting the guy. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what made Robin Leonard a little bit mad, and, and so things got a little heated. But uh, look, Devils are struggling. That's just a guy trying to, you know, create a spark, create some life, some emotion with a struggling New Jersey hockey team. That's probably what that was. Uh, but Vegas, what that was for them last night was just their offense continuing to chug along uh, at a very, very high level. I mean, this Vegas team has scored during the six and one stretch, seven, three, five, three, six, four, five. They've been just lighting it up uh, at the offensive end of the ice. We'll see if that continues here tonight against the Rangers. Uh, New York, this is a bit of a challenging spot, to be honest, Alex, for both of these teams because it's a back to back for 
uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and it's also going to be their third road game in four nights as well uh, this week. So it's not the greatest spot for them. And certainly it isn't for the Rangers either. This is going to be their third game in four nights. They were on the road at Colorado, at Arizona, and they didn't exactly play their best. They're lucky they played a bad team because they did enough just to get by uh, and win that game. And now they're back home uh, following that little two-game swing against Colorado and Arizona. So uh, both of these teams could be a little bit uh, lagging a little bit, a little bit fatigued, a little bit worn down based on the way the schedule has been for them. These teams have played a lot of games in a short period of time uh, recently, especially the New York Rangers. I mean, you look, they played December 7, December 8, December 10, 12, 14, 15, and here they are again playing on the 17th. This is like their seventh game in 11 days for the New York Rangers. That's a lot of hockey in a short period of time. So I would only look over the total here. It's six. Uh, I'm certainly not going to talk anyone out of taking a Vegas game over the total right now with the way they're scoring. Alexander Georgiev has been confirmed in net uh, for the uh, win, uh, for the New York Rangers tonight uh, in this game, which isn't surprising. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, it was supposed to be Laurent Brossois last night against New Jersey. It was looking likely that he was going to play, but it ended up being Robin Leonard when it was all said and done. So uh, the question now becomes, where does Pete DeBoer turn for goaltending tonight? Does, is this the night he goes to Laurent Brossois? That could be the case. Uh, either way, right now, I, I, I am interested in looking over the total uh, in this game. As far as the side goes, you know, I, I don't want to go against Vegas, but they're on a back-to-back, uh, and you are getting a home dog price with the Rangers, who, by the way, won't have Artemi Panarin uh, in the lineup tonight. Uh, worth noting, of course, he'll be out uh, for the uh, New York Rangers. Not a COVID issue for him. It's a lower body injury, uh, and he will be out for at least this game. I still think we'll see some goals. So for me, it'll be over six with the Golden Knights and the Rangers. Uh, uh, Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, New York. Yeah, I'm going to look at the first period over here. I think we can get some goals early. Vegas, you know, they're always aggressive. They're always on the forecheck. And I think, uh, you know, the, their style with New York is going to be able to kind of open things up a bit more. So we'll see that opening. And the way the Rangers have played as of late, their offense has kind of dried up a bit. So they want to try to be uh, a bit more aggressive once they get into the opponent's zone as well. So I think we see goals early. Might taper off a tad bit late where six is kind of high. So, you know, if you do like the over, you could probably wait for an adjusted number. Uh, grab one and a half now, but get an adjusted total over, full game over early, and then that way you have the, the one and a half already locked in, and you have over five and a half at a better price than you will with the six. All right, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. We've got the Penguins minus 300, home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this one. Well, I stuck to my guns with those Buffalo Sabres last night. I said, you know, plus one and a half, uh, and I split it up. It's exactly what I did. It's plus one and a half on the Sabres uh, and a little on the uh, money line as well. Thought, hey, you ride the wave that is Uko Pekalukanen right now uh, for the Sabers. The fact that he is, and he's been, he really has been terrific. Like I can't, I can't imagine he's going to keep this up all season. There's going to be a leveling off at some point, but you know, you don't want to call for the leveling off to happen when you haven't seen evidence of it yet. And we saw that last night against Minnesota. Another very solid game in net for him uh, for that uh, victory against the uh, Minnesota Wild. But this is a tricky spot for Buffalo now, second to back-to-back for them on the road, going from Mini to Pittsburgh. Talk about another team that's played a lot of games in a short period of time uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, this is going to be their fifth game in a seven-day stretch for them. Uh, so that's a lot of games in a short period of time. Fatigue really could be an issue here for 
uh, Buffalo, in my opinion, in this game tonight. And it seems like we don't know for sure yet. Keep an eye on this. No confirmation from Don Granado with the goaltending yet, but it seems like we're going to see a Malcolm Subban sighting uh, in net tonight for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Likely is the latest update on that. So uh, Malcolm Subban uh, right now is what we're going to assume is who we're going to assume, I should say, uh, will be the goaltender tonight for these Sabres. Because as good as Lukanen's been, Alex, he needs a rest. I mean, it is a back-to-back here uh, on the road. And for Subban, uh, he's appeared in just the one NHL game this year with the Sabres, and it was six goals on 25 shots allowed to the Carolina Hurricanes in that game. So it was not very good uh, for uh, Subban in that game. So uh, probably with the team tired, you could see sloppy with the sloppy play with the puck. You could see some mistakes. I think the best way to go here is Pittsburgh team total over three and a half. That's the way I'm going to play it here in this game. I could see Sabres having a tough time tonight. And look, Subban, based on the one piece of evidence we have in that start against Carolina, the one start he's made in the NHL, I don't know if he's going to be able to make those 10 bell, you know, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 uh, star rating, if you will, uh, saves that we've seen from Lucan in here uh, the last few games for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So, Again, this, the one thing you worry about with Pittsburgh is they're a team that usually likes to play pretty good team defense lately, maybe keep things a little bit low scoring, but they did explode for five goals against Montreal. They did put four on the board against Washington, six on the board against Seattle, four on the board against Vancouver. So outside of the one nothing win against Anaheim, for the last five games, Alex, we've seen Pittsburgh score four more goals, and I think they're capable of that tonight. So Pittsburgh team total over three and a half. Minus 130 for me. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on Sabres and Penguins? Yeah, that's what makes total sense here. I, I was going to look at the over five and a half. But like you said, you know, Pittsburgh's been responsible on their own end defensively. Of course, Tristan Jari has been uh, dynamite of late as a, in net uh, after having that slow start from last year and going into the beginning of this year. But uh, if it is Malcolm Subban in, in, in net, and it would make sense. You have to play him at some point. You can't run Uko Pekalukin down into the ground. This kid's got a, a bright future. He's already playing uh, like an NHL caliber goalie. He's the future, and he might actually be the present. But you, you can't run him down in the ground just because the rest of the goaltending in the entire organization is so awful. You're going to have to play those guys unless you make changes. And it's interesting because I mentioned it a, about a week and a half ago. Anton Kudobin was waived by Dallas, and there had been talks beforehand about him possibly getting traded to Buffalo. I don't know what, what changed now where they won't even – uh, give him a look because I mean, if you have Lucan and then get a veteran like Kudobin, you can be done with all the Subban, Dell, whomever mess, and just bury that down in the AHL once and for all. Like that is a mess, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it, it makes it would make total sense, uh, you know, to you know get him at a prorated deal and to back up Lucan and make Lucan in your number one guy, and then if you want to give him reps, because let's face it, Buffalo season is basically done from a playoff standpoint, but give him the reps so he can be ready to be a number one guy. And then you still have a backup who's capable enough to steal you a win or two later in the year. So uh, with that being said, you know, overs are really just the way to go with Buffalo. But like I said, don't want to rely on their offense tonight. I'll go Pittsburgh team total over as well. Yeah, and I think we're seeing Jari in that. Yes, we are for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And to say he's been good lately has been an understatement. He's been very, very good. The team defense, though, has been very good in front of him as well. That plays a part in it. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with the people in the chat. Pittsburgh first period puck line, maybe jump on them early. It's plus 105, plus 110 uh, for Pittsburgh, minus a half in the first period. That's a better option than the first period over. Yeah. You know, so yeah, in my opinion, yeah. tonight. I might bet that too. Pittsburgh first period puck line. It has cashed four in a row as the astute 
Chris Otto, who's on top of everything with team trends and team totals and period totals, knows. Uh, yes, uh, Pittsburgh, and certainly they've got the schedule in their favor with Buffalo coming in after a game from, in Minnesota uh, last night. And it's a win, too. Like, it's Buffalo that's beaten Winnipeg and Minnesota back-to-back games. This could be, you know, they're satisfied, they're happy. Everybody's, you know, got a smile on their face now and then back down to earth a little bit tonight in a tough spot. Uh, here maybe against the uh, Penguins tonight. All right, Dallas and St. Louis. We've got uh, even money here, both sides. Five and a half the total uh, in this game with the Stars and the Blues. There's still a lot of artillery out of the lineup for the Blues right now. Jordan Cairo is one of the guys they miss the most. It's an upper body injury, won't play uh, for the Blues tonight. Uh, they do have, it looks like, Jordan Binnington off the COVID-19 protocol list, but they're not going to put him in just yet as a starting goalie. Charlie Lindgren has been confirmed as the goaltender tonight for the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, in this game. But they're still down Jordan Cairo, still down David Perron, Braden Shen, and Robert Thomas. So still some key pieces missing for the uh, St. Louis Blues tonight. As far as Dallas is concerned, uh, Rick Bonus read them the riot act for just a brutal game the other night against uh, St. Louis when they played them in Dallas the other night, 4-1. to one. And the Blues were even more shorthanded in that game than they are tonight. And it couldn't have been a worse game for Dallas. They said, we can't win anything with our top guys playing like that, is essentially what Bonus said at, on verbatim anyway, uh, following that loss to the Blues. I'd expect a lot better from Dallas here. I'm willing to take a shot with them here, even money price, uh, after the coach basically wasn't happy one bit with the effort and the compete level from his hockey team the other night against uh, St. Louis in Dallas. It's in St. Louis this time, but I think you'll get a, hopefully a much more responsive Dallas team. I know Dallas has not been good on the road this year. It's definitely the one thing that concerns me, but I think you get a good effort from them after uh, the head coach was more than a little bit surly with what he saw from Ben Sagan and many of his top players in the loss to the Blues uh, with the Blues decimated. And he knows that Dallas just, they didn't bring it. Maybe just assume they're going to step on the ice and beat a depleted St. Louis team. Doesn't work that way. Uh, so I'm going to take a chance here. Dallas, much better effort. Still a very, very shorthanded St. Louis team. I don't trust Lindgren. I'll certainly give Holpe a little bit of a goalie edge. And Holpe's been good this year. Let's not uh, lose sight of the fact that it's been a bit of a resurgent year for Braden Holpe. You know, the win-loss record's only five and six, but... Uh, 2.39 goals against average and 923 save percentage. So the numbers have been quite solid for Braden Holpe this year, and he'll be in net tonight for the Stars. And I'm going to go with them here, Dallas, uh, minus 110 uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, Stars Blues. Yeah, I grabbed them last night, actually, plus $1.11. And uh, I thought that was a wonderful price because we already talked about how bonus said read them the riot act, told them, you know, called out the top lines saying these guys aren't working hard enough, not getting the, the right quality and production they need to be doing. So adding that into the mix with, you said this is still a beat-up St. Louis team. They had to come back home and now facing them a second straight time. I think this is just a, a, a good play on spot for Dallas uh, right now. And like I said, Charlie Lindgren, even though he's 4-0, and he's got good numbers, 1.98 goals against the average. You're know, just kind of waiting for the dam to possibly break a little bit. This might be the team to do it. All right, Alex, like in Dallas here as well at even money price uh, against the St. Louis Blues. All right, Washington Capitals and Winnipeg Jets. We've got Winnipeg minus 115 home favorites, six the total, shaded to the under in this game. Um, as we just stated with this uh, resignation of Paul Maurice, that seemed like a players, uh, a group of players and a dressing room that was floored by this. I didn't necessarily expect it. And I don't know if this is just an automatic, hey, balls to the wall performance and strong effort here in the first game 
in after the Paul Maurice era comes to a conclusion. Of course, Dave Lowry takes over as the interim head coach. Not only that, in terms of question marks, you know, where's the focus going to be for Winnipeg? This has kind of blindsided everybody. It sure sounds like nobody saw this coming inside the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. So what is what where what is that going to leave the um Winni- uh, the Winnipeg Jets going into uh, this game? Uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but this is not one of those automatic situations like with the Vancouver Canucks for me a couple weeks ago with Bruce Boudreau taking over where I just bet on the team immediately following a coaching change. I'm not doing that with Winnipeg. They looked a little deer in the headlights, shocked, thousand-mile stare that they saw a ghost, whatever <laughs> term you want to use. That's kind of what it looked like uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, following the, this morning with listening and seeing the facial expressions of their players uh, with the news that uh, Paul Maurice uh, obviously was uh, resigning uh, as head coach of the team. So uh, definitely, uh, I'm not entirely sure we get the best from the Jets tonight. And keep in mind, Washington's coming off a shootout or an overtime loss to uh, Chicago uh, the other night uh, against the uh, Blackhawks. It's a Washington team that you would think after that loss is going to want to atone for that. Uh, Although Washington's not a team I'm rushing to bet right now either, just because of the fact you've got a Capitals team that's not really been playing their best. You know, they've had games where they've struggled to find offense outside of Ovechkin. They've had games where, you know, the defense and the goaltending has let them down. Kind of like what happened against Chicago. I mean, Chicago had three goals in less than a minute uh, the other night against uh, Washington. I was shocked by it, uh, just how that incredible, uh, you know, seg- sequence there where Chicago just blitzed them for three goals uh, in the second period uh, and obviously rode that to the victory. So I don't know. To me, the more I watch Washington, Alex, the more they look out of sorts. This is not a team playing their best hockey right now. So it's kind of two teams I'm suspect with on both sides right now going into this game. But what I do like is the over, because the one thing Adam Lowry said, and look, he knows his dad very well, Dave Lowry, of course, his father, about to become the interim head coach here for the Winnipeg Jets. He knows his dad well, and he said some really telling things that his team's going back to when he coached junior hockey years ago and world juniors for can't you go on down the list of coach of teams coached by Dave Lowry. They play extremely fast. They transition the puck North South in a hurry. Uh, They really want to get that element of their game, play with the puck, play with fast, move the puck quickly, all of those things. So not that they didn't do that with Paul Maurice, but apparently Dave Lowry takes this to another level with just playing with that pace and transition game. So for that reason, we, I think we might see a fast-paced game tonight, and we might see it from Washington, too, after losing the other night to Chicago. So I do like over the total of six here, uh, which you can get around even money. And I'm sorry I didn't mention this in the last game. I'm glad the chats brought it up. Hinson Radulov for Dallas are going to play. It looks like they are back for the uh, Dallas Stars tonight, which is uh, significant. Yes, they've definitely been uh, missing uh, some time, but it looks like both of them, will be in the line. Miro Haskinen's the, the main uh, absence right now uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. It's a non-COVID illness for him. Uh, the defenseman, the great defenseman for the Stars, Miro Haskinen, uh, not expected to play, but they will have Alexander Radulov. And Rupe Hintz is the big one. He's had a great season for the Stars. Hintz and Radulov will both play tonight for the Stars in that game against the St. Louis Blues. So I'm on over the total here with uh, Washington and Winnipeg. Uh, Alex, Capitals, Jets. It's funny, Chris mentioned in the chat if I'm going to be playing this first period over because, yeah, I have been burned by the Winnipeg Jets, but that's the only way I could lean and look here would be that, and along with Washington money line. Like I said, Washington's been a bit shaky of a team to back, and, and we you know, I've made a, a couple of bucks fading them as of late. You mentioned that Chicago, Chicago getting that overtime win against them at home. 
this definitely just feels like a fade spot more for Winnipeg. Like I said, the, the way the players looked and sounded after uh, this announcement just didn't feel good. It, it felt like they, you know, uh, were a bit bewildered and, and just kind of lost and a little dismayed, if you will, that, uh, you know, he'd left and now all of a sudden they've got to try to, you know, turn things around. It's like, you know, was anything really addressed? Like, you know, you know, like I said, okay, going up tempo and, and playing with a little bit more pace. Sure. Winnipeg could have always used that a little bit, but do you really want to do that right now, especially with a, a, a Washington team led by Ovechkin that will absolutely, you know, murder you with that transition game. You look, look at guys like Lars Eller. Uh, Lars Eller almost had a breakaway shorthanded goal and another breakaway and goal. And Nicholas right. Backstrom back. Right, and Nicholas Backstrom returning. So these are these are guys who are monsters as far as the transition game is concerned. So with that being said, I like Washington here. I grabbed them at even money. I think they're going to be able to, to, to handle business. Like I said, they'll be a little ticked off with the way they lost that game uh, in Chicago the other night. And I'll take the first period over. Like I said, Winnipeg burned me, but I don't think we even really need Winnipeg's help here. This this might be a, a 2 nothing Washington lead before the end of the 20. All right, there we go. Alex liking uh, Washington here. Uh, you can get them around even money here, plus 100 uh, in this game. All right, Nashville, Chicago. Oh, by the way, Tom Wilson still day-to-day, it looks like, for the uh, Capitals. But they did get Nicholas Backstrom uh, on the ice for the first time in the game against Chicago. Uh, and as Rich in our chat says, yeah, they get the star player back or one of the star players, Backstrom, and they lost that game. The trend continues, right? Star player back first game and they don't win the game. It's just, it's, it's amazing how that continues to play out that way uh, in the NHL. Countless examples, McKinnon returning for Colorado, Crosby returning for Pittsburgh goes on and on and on. Uh, I believe Marshawn for Boston. I mean, there's just been so many examples for the, uh, uh, of these teams not getting it done first game with the new guy back in the lineup. So uh, it just goes on and on. It continues to be a trend that uh, continues to come in uh, Nashville and Chicago. Next up, we've got uh, Chicago minus 140 home favorites, five and a half. The total uh, in this game uh, should be interesting to see how it goes here. I'm kind of maybe looking at a team total over tonight for Chicago at three and a half here plus price. Cause I think it might be David Riddick uh, in that for uh, Nashville tonight. And we know he's a, uh, He's as Jekyll and Hyde and as uh, up and down and inconsistent as it gets uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. He's had some good starts this year. He's had some bad starts, but overall, 3.1 goals against average, 880 save percentage this year for Riddick. Now, I'm just assuming it's going to be Riddick because it's a back-to-back situation. And, of course, last night uh, in the game against uh, Colorado, which uh, Nashville won by a score of 5-2, to two, uh, we saw UC Soros in that. Uh, would we see him again for the second a straight night. I'm not so sure about that. A little bit of a tricky spot for Nashville. But they did have three days off before that Colorado game last night. So even though it's a back-to-back, they were at least fairly rested uh, going into that game. You know, I lean Chicago here. The one issue, Alex, that I have with Chicago is they don't follow up a win with another. That has been their track record. That has been their pattern lately, especially since Derek King's been the interim coach. They just haven't had that ability um, to put good win- good games together, good performances together, and put two straight wins together for a very long period of time. I do think the schedule's in their favor. I, I certainly think this team's overall game at both ends of the ice, Alex, it's progressed. The goals are starting to go in again, and the defensive game remains pretty solid. Last game notwithstanding, still not one- that wasn't one of their better defensive games wa- against Washington, but they still got the win. And overall, Fleury's played better. The team defense has been a little bit better. So I kind of want to take Chicago. The schedule's in their favor, uh, especially if it's David Riddick in net. 
I, I, I would lean Chicago. I, I'm on the fence whether I'm going to pull the trigger. I might pull the trigger for sure on the team total if we get a David Riddick confirmation, though, uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks and go over that three and a half, which you can get at a pretty good plus price uh, at this point in time. And keep in mind, Nashville's still short-handed. They, we, we were concerned about yeah. that against Colorado, but Colorado ended up being even more short-handed with the late COVID-19 protocol announcements that were made right before the game that ticked me off a little bit. All of a sudden, whoa, McCarr, whoa, uh, Kemper, whoa, all these guys that are in uh, COVID protocol, man, right before face-off, and sure enough, it showed up in the loss to uh, Nashville last night. But keep in mind, uh, the Predators have Duchesne, uh, potentially not playing tonight. Granlin's out. Johansson's out. Nick Cousins is out. They're gutted at the center ice position a little bit. That could show up for Nashville tonight. So definitely lean Chicago and certainly might bet the team total over three and a half for the Hawks if we get Riddick and net. Alex, what do you think? Nashville, Chicago. So, yeah, the interesting thing that happened with that Hawks game, they did get the win, but there's no reason it should, go, should have gone overtime. This is the third time now in the last month where we've seen the Hawks blow a lead with literally 30 seconds or less left in, in the contest. And it's, it's killed me in some form or fashion as far as the in-game bet every single time. It's, it, it never fails. So uh, I really hate to see that. But one of the things that, that really kind of sticks out with this is that obviously these two teams don't like each other. This is a rivalry going back all the way since the beginning of Nashville's uh, start. And basically there's always been close games in the last several years. Uh, you know, you look back five of the last 10 games have gone to overtime. Of the four, uh, five that didn't, four of those were one-goal games or games with an empty net goal to make it a two-goal game. There was only one blowout in the last 10 meetings. So these two teams play each other really tight. Nashville, obviously, being shorthanded, still dealing with, with a lot of COVID issues. They, they don't really have the firepower to just you know start up a track meet. The Hawks really don't like starting up track meets at home as of right now. That seems to be the new mantra on, under King. Even though the offense is getting rolling, especially three power play goals, I was very, very happy to see that happening. So uh, with that overall, I'm going to look at the regulation draw here, plus 300. That's what I played earlier today. Jarek Rubin in the chat made a really good uh, observation. Look at 2-2 regulation score, plus 800. It worries me a little bit just because, like I said, with it being Riddick in that, maybe it ends up being 3-3 instead of 2-2. But either way, I feel like we see a tie after 60 minutes. So I'm going with the regulation draw at plus 300. There you go. Plus 300 draw Nashville, Chicago uh, for Alex. And this one, the draw King, uh, he'll go to the, he's gone to the well with the draw uh, a lot uh, throughout the, uh, throughout his career, throughout the, our tenure on the ice guys show here. So uh, definitely looking at the draw. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually there, I've, I've got something deliver, being delivered to my place. This I thought I heard maybe it arriving. So I just okay. want to make sure I don't miss it. That's why I was looking <laughs> at the window. Yeah, that time of year. Uh, that time of year. I get stuff delivered. Got to give, get ordered gifts for people and uh, booze for the Christmas season for me. Uh, for sure. So I'm waiting for one of these parcels to arrive. But nevertheless, uh, I digress. We go to DraftKings. We'll mention them before we get to our last game on this Friday card. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner uh, of the NFL and NHL. Uh, you'll be a winner with one single point scored in an NFL game this weekend. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score in the NFL can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right. Let's get to our final game on this Friday card. It is the Arizona Coyotes and the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim minus 290. Home favorites here. Uh, Five and a half the total. Shaded to the under. Of course, we've now seen Arizona get hit by COVID-19 a little bit as well uh, with uh, uh, Lawson Krause uh, added to the COVID-19 protocol list uh, yesterday. Jay Beagle uh, added to it as well for the uh, Coyotes. And then there are a couple of players that are dealing with some injury issues. Christian Fisher, uh, Ryan Dezingle has an upper body injury. He's out. Jacob Chikrin, key blue liner for Arizona, is on injured reserve now as well. Uh, as long with Connor Timmons, another blue liner that just went uh, underwent successful knee surgery and now will be out for the rest of the year. So it's a combination of injuries and COVID-19 protocol right now uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. So there's no way I back Arizona here. There's just no way. It's a question of where can you extract value here uh, on the Anaheim Ducks? It's not exactly easy to do that. Uh, you got to lay a huge monstrous price uh, on the uh the money line with them, even the puck lines, minus one and a half, minus 125, uh, the regulation lines, minus 190. So, you know, it's not exactly easy to uh, take the shot here with uh, Anaheim. I lean puck line, minus one and a half, minus 125, lean as well, three and a half over the team total for the Ducks. Uh, Those would probably be the two best options I would find for backing Anaheim in some form, but just lukewarm. I don't even know if I'll take it. I'll throw out those leans though. Uh, tonight because the one thing about Arizona they did compete against the Rangers I was impressed with their effort level in that game uh, against New York the other night hell they were up 2-1 they couldn't hold the lead and they ended up losing 3-2 so be careful here with uh, you know laying a price like this against Arizona that was one of their better competitive efforts against a very good Rangers team the other night uh, even though they couldn't hold on and even though they ended up losing 3-2 so don't know if I'll get to the window but I'll throw out a couple of leans Anaheim puck line Anaheim team total over three and a half for me, uh, Alex, what do you think here? Coyotes and Ducks. Yeah, I'm a little bit distracted because now they're saying they're going to be postponing some NFL games. Uh, one game's getting the Browns and Raiders games getting moved from Saturday to Monday, uh, four o'clock central. So, yeah, they had mentioned they maybe were doing that. Yeah, yeah, so that's something to keep note of now. We're seeing games getting moved in other leagues. Uh, so you know, keep an eye out on that. But uh, as far as this Anaheim game, you talk about trying to extrapolate value from the Ducks. We should have done that yesterday. I played as soon as we got off the air, minus uh, one and a half, minus a dollar five. I was like, that number's only going to go up because everything else is already astronomically high on the open. And now, like you got said, you got to lay a dollar twenty-five to get that one and a half. Pretty much just moved because it's a number. I, I that I don't do that often in, in hockey or really any sport. I don't just bet a, a number because it's bad. But that's kind of what I did. Like it, I knew there was gonna be at least twenty to twenty five cents of value. I called that perfectly, so I have that in pocket. But uh, it just seems like it's probably gonna be like a three to one kind of boring uh, Anaheim win. So maybe with a lean to the under there as well. Yeah, that definitely, I could see this one staying. I kind of like, I, I could see, you know what? Yeah, Jarek mentioning correct score, 3 nothing Ducks. 3 nothing Ducks, 3-1 Ducks, 4-1 
Ducks. I mean, I think one of those three combinations could get you a win yep, if you're betting correct score. Like 3 nothing Anaheim, 3-1 Anaheim, 4-1 Anaheim. Uh, potentially something along those lines. Uh, I could see that being definitely the final score uh, in that kind of stratosphere, I guess, between uh, these two teams tonight. All right, great stuff with Alex B. Smith uh, on this uh, Friday NHL, uh, Friday edition of the Ice Guys on this Friday card. Uh, We will have, of course, a Saturday show, noon Eastern tomorrow, but a shorter Saturday card than initially expected uh, because of the COVID-19 postponements. But we will be here to break down what's left Uh, of the Saturday uh, NHL card tomorrow uh, starting at noon Eastern time. So make sure you join us for that. All right. Uh, We'll wrap up the show with best bets as always. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we'll drive on over to the West side of Chicago. We'll take the Blackhawks and Predators to go into overtime. So with the regulation draw plus 300 is my best bet tonight. All right. Nashville, Chicago draw plus 300 Uh, best bet for uh, Alex B Smith in this Friday NHL card. Uh, my best bet for this uh, slate tonight, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to take the chance that Subban is starting and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh team total uh, over three and a half minus 130. They've scored four goals, believe it or not, in four of their last five games. The one nothing shutout win against Anaheim was the exception. Uh, so even though this is a team that's been playing some good defense, uh, getting great goaltending, playing some lower scoring games, some tight checking hockey, Again, four of the last five games, the Penguins have scored at least four goals. They've still shown that ability to put the puck in the net and against a tired Sabres team off two satisfying road wins in a row, now back-to-back on the road, schedule kind of mounting uh, against them with all the games they've played in a short period of time and the likelihood of Malcolm Subban in net tonight. Probably a good chance, in my opinion, for Pittsburgh to get to at least four goals. So Pittsburgh team total over three and a half minus 130. Uh, for my best bet for this Friday card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat on YouTube for joining us live. Hit the like button and make sure you do that uh, on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast whenever you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.